0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the Chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Howdy
1: all, how are we going? What an amazing time of year this is, eh? Christmas, Christmas time. It's, um, It's good to have it in Australia too, I don't know about you, but you know, it gets hotter. A bit of rain around. It's just an amazing time of year for family and and uh, reflection, which is what we want to talk about today. So, of course, we know what it's all about, and I want to be I want to be sure to not um, just go over old ground, but still remember the simplicity and the amazing thing that happened when Jesus Christ was born. And isn't it true that? We know the story so much that we can just kind of take it for granted that you know, Jesus was born and it's Christmas time and, you know, and, and I'm not even really talking about you know, the presents and all the things that can get in our way. I mean just the, the story of Jesus Christ is one of those ones that I want to just take a moment today just to remind us just how special it is, how rare it is, how beautiful it is. It's an amazing, amazing thing that's happened. And so, of course, Christmas is about celebrating Jesus' birth. Um, but let's have, a, let's have a, take a moment just to think about a couple of things. So the creator of mankind, the heavens and the earth, comes to earth, its own creation, as a baby. So God making himself vulnerable to mankind... There's nothing more vulnerable on the planet than a baby. And the creator of the heaven and the earth, in all of mankind's brokenness, trusts mankind with his redemption story and his own son. What an amazing thing. So God could have done anything that he wanted, in any way that he wanted in regards to his plan of redemption. Um, But he chose to trust us. You know, mankind. Mankind. So what does that say about God? What does that say about God, that he would trust humankind in all its brokenness with the most precious gift that mankind will ever see? What does that say about God? So think about royal babies and how much is made of them. And Jesus, the King of kings, is born in a stable. The greatest gift the world has ever known, born next to animals and wrapped in rags. Something so special wrapped in something so common. What does that say about God? No. And the way he started his life is the way he ended his life. A man dying with only his earthly possessions being those rags. Isn't it ironic that in his death they even took that off him? Casting lots for his clothing. So Jesus started off in a, in a manger, they call it a manger, and it sounds pretty romantic, but it was a stable with animals, and he and a, wrapped in, what do they say, swaddling cloths, which sounds great, but he was wrapped in rags. And when Jesus died on the cross, um, his only earthly possessions was what was covering him, and they took that off him, and then they cast lots for those rags, essentially valuing the rags more than the gift from heaven. That's what happened. He was born in complete obscurity and he died in complete humiliation. And during that whole time, rarely did anybody understand what he was about, even those who followed him. What does that say about God? And it's, the Bible says that it, that it pleased God, if you will, that this was the case. It pleased God that, that Jesus would suffer in this way. We'll talk a little bit about it because that just seems completely opposite to what we would think about God. But do we understand the gift that was given to us and the the price that was paid and the reason it was paid? You know, what does that say about God? That seemingly he would keep something so precious seemingly hidden from us. Um, But for the hungry... All his life, Jesus was easily missed. His whole life, nobody realised what he was or who he was. You know, we know that the disciples um, believed in Jesus, but they didn't really understand until it was all over. As his earthly, you know, mission was, was done and dusted. You know, what does that say? Imagine missing Jesus. We, we sit in a room here now and we're so grateful to God, aren't we? You know, Salva- salvation. Salvation. Is um, essentially saving us from ourselves. Who are we being saved from? You know, our own potential corruption, our own potential inner enemies that work against us and cause us to do things that we shouldn't do. You know, Jesus steps in the middle of all of that, but it can be so easily missed. Have a listen to this scripture. It's quite a long one. Um, you guys hopefully have heard it. Isaiah um, chapter verse, uh, sorry, chapter 53. So who has believed our message and whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man to suffering and familiar with pain, like one whom people hid their faces he was despised and we held him in low esteem surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by god stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned his own way And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. The nobody had, Though he had done no violence, nor there was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offerings, our offsprings, and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. That's us, we're the many. And he will bear their iniquities. And therefore, I will give him a portion amongst the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he has poured out his life unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for transgressors. It's amazing, isn't it? There's been um, times where people that haven't believed in God, there was this one story in particular where there was, um, there was an office or something like that, and, and, and somebody had read that little piece of scripture, not all of it, but some of it, and the people that didn't even believe in God um, knew who it was. They knew that he was pierced for our transgressions. All the things that it says in there, they just knew that that was talking about Jesus. And they had, um, they had a mind to think that it was in the New Testament. You know, of course that's Jesus in the, in the New Testament. Yep, yep, yep. Well, it's not. It's in the Old Testament that was talked about for years and hundreds of years, thousands of years, maybe, I'm not sure, before Jesus actually turned up and did it, that was God's heart. That was God's heart for humanity, that we would be saved, that we would be set free, that it doesn't matter what we've done, it doesn't matter where we've been, it doesn't matter who we think we are, that, that God, before the beginning of time, set a time where he'd say, I'm going to bring um, life and breakthrough, and I'm going to bring reward and I'm going to bring riches and I'm going to bring glory and I'm going to bring forgiveness and I'm going to bring all of these things to this to this people that do not deserve it never have deserved it and I'm going to take my son who who has never done a thing wrong and I'm going to pour on him the punishment that we all deserve and all of this started in obscurity complete obscurity hidden hidden from mankind but for the hungry So Jesus is so easily missed on earth and he always has been. The greatest act of love and sacrifice, the single most precious thing that has ever happened to mankind, not accepted or understood by most. What does it say about God and what does it say about mankind? This really needs to stand out as important. The fact that this is hidden from most really needs to stand out as important to us. What does it say about God and what does it say about mankind? God hides things for the hungry. He hides things for the hungry. We don't know why. Maybe it's just the way it is. Maybe it's just important to God that we see him as a precious gift that he is. But to do that, we need to stop valuing the rags that we hold on to. Maybe... It's so once we're finished with a life of the empty and the temporal, we'll better recognise the precious and the eternal. God is never silent about what he's done and what he's doing. We just have to care to notice and hear. And once we tune in, we'll find that God's actually screaming. There's this amazing scripture and it talks about um, us you know, being ambassadors for God. You've heard that, haven't you? And, um, and it goes on to say, it's as though God's making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. You know, God gave this, you know, he didn't just talk one day. He didn't just make his mind up this was going to happen and catch everybody off guard. This was his plan. This was his purpose. And yet, people miss it. Everybody misses it. And this is, I want you to know, is something that we should ponder as we go through this season and beyond. Not a negative thing, just a, just, just realising that God is screaming a message. You know, he's deliberately done what he's done and he, he's, everything that he says in his word is crafted for us to, to go to a new level in God. God is not against us, he's for us, he's given us everything that he can for life and godliness. Um. And I just think it's amazing that we could stop and ponder and go, what does that say about God? But also be able to say, what does that say about mankind, that we could miss something so precious? It's not, again, that God wants to hide anything from us, but he hides things for the hungry. You know what I mean? That This world offers up the, the, all the rags that we want, To keep us occupied. But God has something so much more for us. He has done it through Jesus and He wants to continue to do it through Jesus. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. This is only just the beginning. Of course, in heaven, but also on earth. That Jesus died and paid a price for us that we might live, that we might have abundant life, the Bible says. Abundant life. Are we having an abundant life today? Because this is what I'll end with. Because God wants us to have an abundant life. But we've got to understand that we can miss things. It's been happening ever since Jesus was born. And for that as well. Now that's not a negative, it's a positive. If we know that, we're probably better attuned to God's voice and probably just that little bit more attentive to know, God, you know what, if you say that I can have something well then I should be able to have it and just measure ourselves a little and go okay God Jesus paid the ultimate price that I might have life and have it to the full Lord what does that look like I'm not even going to try to tell what that looks like who knows what that looks like for you but it's true that God wants you to have a life and have it to the full And he wants your neighbour to have it to the full and your cousin to have it to the full and your spouse to have it to the full. He wants everybody to have it to the full. And it's as though God is making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. What an amazing thing that Jesus, the reason for the season, started out in such obscurity. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the most precious gift that that has ever come to mankind we recognize it we are the chosen if you will you know, god let's pray father god we just thank you so much we thank you so much for all the gift God, we just take the time in this season just to, just to remember, Lord, not, he- not have a heavy heart to think that we've, we're missing it. Lord, you, you tell us, Lord God, that you give us everything we need for life and godliness. We can't do a thing without you, but we're not without you. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord God. For those heavy hearts, Lord God, for those, Lord God, who, who are not quite sure where things are sitting, Lord God, let us just remember who you are your intentions towards us. What does it say, Lord God, about you that you'd be so generous towards us? Father, may we just stop enough, Lord God, to hear the scream of your voice, Lord God, and your desire, your heart, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Continue talking about a, a Christmas story. Um, I'm just going to quickly pray and then, and then we'll, we'll keep going. Dear Lord God, thank you for today. Um, thank you for the story of Christmas, for the Saviour that came to earth and uh, reconciled us with you, God. Thank you for today. Thank you that we're able to be here and learn about you. And uh, we just pray and thank you for your Holy Spirit working in us to make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to um, talk about is this idea of Jesus, the Saviour of our world, something so special. What Dan spoke about, that Saviour came in humble wrappings, in rags. Something so special in humble wrappings. This idea is what I want to continue and focus on for the, the, the rest of the time that we have. And just quickly, um, if you like Christmas, like me, two weeks ago, Shane Willard spoke in our 4 p.m. service, and he spoke about so much context around Christmas and the language we use for Jesus, and it was incredible. It, it gave me a whole heap of understanding. It was awesome. I just want to encourage you real quickly before we start um, Check it out. 4pm two weeks ago. Um, You can find it on the podcast, online. Have a listen if you want to. Have your mind blown. It was awesome. But special things in humble wrappings. I'm going to talk quickly about an experience I have with this. Um, At Christmas time, I don't like things that are wrapped. I don't like surprises. My wife and I are expecting a baby in a few months and We didn't find out the gender this time and it's killing me. I hate surprises. I'm like, no. I'm like, there's a lollipop in the fridge. I can wait nine months to find it, like to eat the lollipop. I can eat it now. I just want the lollipop. I don't like surprises. So me and my brother at Christmas time, we'd always try and find out what our presents were. And it was easy at first. My parents just used to buy presents and put them in their wardrobe so me and my brother would just have a look in the wardrobe, we'd see all our presents, she'd wrap them just before Christmas, but after a while, when we uh, could prophesy every single present we were going to get, I think my parents clued on, all right, these guys are looking at their presents. So they tried to stop us, and what they did was, my mum said, okay, I'm going to wrap the presents as soon as I get them and put them under the tree. And it's like I sucked in to, to my sons, Luke and Jay, Say, like, there they are, you can't see them, you don't know what they are, but me and my brother. We waited until my parents went out with my sister and what we would do is we would sit down with our presents and we would look how they were wrapped really carefully and we'd unwrap them, have a look at the present and then wrap them up exactly how they were and put them back under the tree. And this one year, I I I wanted an iToy. If you don't know what an iToy is, it's like one of the first interactive games without like a controller, there was a camera and through the camera you could play games. It's still confusing. There was this game, it was a ninja game. And so it would put like a ninja tower and you would be behind it. In the camera, you'd see yourself on the TV with a a ninja roof and ninjas would run and try and escape the roof and you'd have to slap the ninjas down. It was the best game and I wanted. it. And my mum had wrapped it under the tree before, but me and my brother, we unwrapped it and I found my eye toy. Something special in humble wrappings. So when we look at the Christmas story, When we look at the Christmas story, I want to focus more on leading up to Jesus' birth through Mary and Joseph. And what we see is something so special wrapped in something so humble. We have Mary, a young teenager, who an angel comes and speaks to her and says, you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit and you're going to have a child who's going to be named Jesus. And then um, the, the person that she's meant to marry, Joseph, um, he has a dream, he's visited by an angel and told, hey, the son Mary's going to have, he's going to be the saviour of the world. So then Mary and Joseph together, they, they go to Bethlehem and the saviour is born. This is the story, but let's look at it a little bit closer. First, we have Mary, a young teenager, pregnant out of wedlock. And, and in the time when it was. And then not only that, Mary claimed that she was a virgin. She, she said it to the angel. I'm a virgin. How can I be pregnant? So not only do we have a young teenage girl pregnant out of wedlock, but claiming to be a virgin, so either seen as crazy or a liar. Then on top of that, she rode a donkey from about here to Melbourne, which my wife's six months pregnant. We know she had the baby in Bethlehem, so she's nearly nine months pregnant. My wife's six months pregnant. She's not riding a donkey anywhere. That's a long ride on a donkey. And then, as Dan said, born in a manger, yeah, sounds nice, born next to animals wrapped in rags. This is something with such a humble beginning, but something so special. And the first thing I wanted to, to talk about as a takeaway from this is can be our experience sometimes, especially around the Christmas season. There's people around us who, who they don't understand, like Mary she 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 encountered the Holy Spirit and was carrying the Savior inside of her, but people didn't understand that. The people around her, even Joseph, Joseph, um, he at the time when he was visited by an angel, the the reason why he was visited was because Mary fell pregnant, and Joseph was like, well, that's not my kid. So he's actually planning on on how to leave her, and he's like, oh, I want to do it so I honor her and there's dignity because he was a good good man, but he's like. Obviously, she slept with someone else, so we're not going to get married anymore. Even the person she was meant to marry, that's the stance he had. So the people around Mary, surely they're going to be thinking the same thing. The expectations and the understanding of the people around Mary would have no idea of how special and incredible what was actually happening. He could just see these wrappings. And I think we as Christians, we come to Christmas Something that's so special. We know we're celebrating the Savior, our Savior born, and some people just have no idea what we're celebrating. Some people don't understand it. They see the wrappings. They see the Christmas trees, but they have no idea actually what's going on. And sometimes our family can, uh, I know we have family that that aren't Christians and they don't like to, to hear about God. They don't want anything to do with it. And it can be hard to celebrate Christmas around people who don't want to have anything to do with Jesus or or God or Mary or any of it. He's like, no, I don't want anything to do with it. It can be a hard time. Another experience um, was, yeah, that, that she was a liar, that she could have been crazy. Sometimes I think family members can think that about us as well, being Christians. And another thing was she was discounted. A young female... Who, who was seen as potentially crazy, pregnant, has a baby in a manger, discounted. She was seen for her wrappings, these humble wrappings. And this can be our experience. Sometimes it is, and I, I know I have also awesome experiences at Christmas, but I think this is the first thing that we learn, is we look at Mary's experience with Christmas, and we can see what happened around her, and we can see what she experienced, how people treated, potentially have treated her, how she definitely would have been seen, and we look at how she responds. And it's a time for joy. And I think this is what how we respond to Christmas is with joy. So how Mary responds straight away, she goes to her family, um, who was also pregnant we, with John the Baptist. And when um, the, the the little baby of John the Baptist in the womb when it encountered Mary. Because of Mary's, uh, what she carried, the joy, the, the, the faith that she carried, when John the Baptist, in the womb, he, he felt the presence of Jesus and Mary, it leapt. It leapt with joy. As Mary went and in the first few weeks of Jesus' life. There were so many people that encountered. There were wise men and, and farmers that came and, and got to experience this incredible thing. There was a prophet who was told that in your lifetime you will meet the Savior. He was was getting on in his older days and he sees Jesus and Mary. He encounters Jesus and he, he gets so filled with joy. I finally meet the Savior. He knows straight away the Savior. Even though Mary's experience, whatever it might have been, we know it wasn't going to be something great. It was a humble beginning, an experience that could have been very difficult, but she took it in faith. She took it with joy and carried on her mission, just so thankful that she's a part of, of bringing the Savior into humanity. And I think a big part of it is God's Spirit. And I think that's what, what we at Christmas time, whatever our experience with Christmas, it's what we should carry is God's Spirit. God's Spirit is attractive. Dan mentioned we're ambassadors of, of God, and, and we carry the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a light. It's explained in the Bible we're, we're like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. A light that it cannot be hidden. It's so attractive to people. And so as we come around Christmas time, the same way Mary responded to a, to a humble situation, she understood what was special. She knew that even though the wrappings might be humble, this is special. This is our Savior. And so as we approach Christmas, whatever our experiences, we approach knowing how special our Jesus is. How special Christmas is about our Savior and approach it. Approach it, letting the Holy Spirit lead through our life. And that's what's attractive. That's going to speak so much volume to people around us. Family, that's how we encounter and interact with people who are non-Christians. Our family who might be over it and don't want to hear about Jesus. That's okay. Live a life with the Holy Spirit. And that's a light that cannot be hidden. And I think, I guess a question is when people encounter you through the Christmas season, when we're celebrating our Savior's birth, what do people leave your interaction with? How do they leave your conversations at Christmas time? What are they thinking? Do they leave with an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Have you met ambassadors of Jesus Christ? Uh, the song we sung, When You Walk Into the Room, well, we carry the Holy Spirit inside. When we walk into a room and we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, what changes? How do people leave our interactions? And if we're living out of the Holy Spirit, And we're letting joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control lead in our lives as we interact, no matter what their stance, no matter what they believe. They encounter the Holy Spirit through us. They encounter ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That's one thing that we learn from from Mary is when we react and we just follow Christ, the people around us are influenced and infected in ways that we don't understand. And it's exciting. The second thing, And what we'll finish on is this idea of a new family. A new family. So Jesus himself, uh, he was born of Mary. And Mary was not a descendant of King David. And Dan alluded to the, the prophecies and things that people missed. But one thing that they knew, one thing that people knew is that the Savior of the world would come as a descendant of King David. But Mary wasn't a descendant of King David. Joseph was a descendant of King David. And and Joseph wasn't Jesus' birth father, but he was adopted. He was was his adoptive father. He was his legal father. So through adoption and through through Joseph being Jesus' legal father, that's how that prophecy is fulfilled. And you might be thinking, okay, how how does this make sense? It sets up the tone for something so exciting. Something for all of us. And that's that we're adopted into the family of God through Jesus. I want to read Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6. It says long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. You are something special. No matter how humble your wrappings are, Jesus has called you to be a part of his family. And what's exciting about this story is is people looked at the wrappings of Jesus. He he wasn't born legally. uh, He wasn't a a birth born of a line of King David. He he was born in a manger. He was born of a, a pregnant teenager out of wedlock. But he was the Savior of the world. And it sets it up for us no matter what our wrappings are. No matter what, what, what our life, no matter what descendants we're from, it doesn't matter. We're adopted into the family of God. And this story sets it up and it's so exciting. The world wasn't ready for a, for a saviour born in a manger. The world expected the saviour to be a mighty warrior born of the best tribe. And, but I love that God works that way. As, as, Dan spoke about he he works in a way that just slaps us in the face with humility (laughs) it's like no I'm gonna bring him this way something so humble and and so special and that's what we're called to be a part of no matter how humble our wrappings God has called us God has called all of us you and me he's called us to be a part of his family a part of his will so let's celebrate Let's respond to Christmas like Mary did, no matter what our our experiences or situation. Let's carry the Holy Spirit and knowing that we're called to be a part of God's family. No matter our wrappings, we are special. God loves us so much. He sent His Son. He sent His Saviour for us because you are special no matter what your wrappings. So I'm going to pray um, and then that'll do us for today. Hang around, grab a coffee and just a, a reminder, if you want prayer for anything, we have a team here. We want to pray with you and for you. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for Christmas. Thank you so much for your son. Thank you so much that you've caught us to be a part of your family. You've adopted us as your own children and you care for us and love us like a good, perfect father. I just pray that over this season that you, you, you transform us to become more like Jesus, your perfect son. That we can become more like him and, and we can be a light to this world that other people who, who their experience of Christmas might be dark and gloom, that you can use us to be a light in this world, to go out in this season and, and be ambassadors of your, of your love, of, of your plan and your will, Father, and reconcile your children to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you.